Welcome to episode three of the Founders Launchpad podcast. Every week we talk about what it takes to be starting your first business here in the UK. On this week's episode, we have our first guest, Mr. Richard Goodrum. Richard has been involved in a number of tech startups, including companies like Uber and Tesla. He's been heavily involved in pitching for funding from venture capital firms, and he now works in crypto for a company called Pocket Network. He lives in Amsterdam with his fiancée Lucinda and his two cats, Leopold and... Remind me what the second cat is called, Richard. Napoleon. Leopold Napoleon. I was so close to having a full full sweep. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, it's great. Thanks for inviting me on. It's great to be here. My pleasure. My pleasure. Well, so full disclosure, we know each other pretty well, but I thought you'd make a great addition, an excellent first guest on the show. Uh, You've got a wealth of knowledge around VC and VC funding, so I thought that's what we could talk a little bit about today. So how did you first get into the world of entrepreneurship and startups? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, it was back at university. So I can talk briefly about the first kind of entrepreneurial endeavor that I went into. Um, yeah, go for it. And so uh, the first one's called Living in London. And I think the context behind this of this business idea was there were a bunch of students from university that would go to London. They would basically uh, do an internship in the city, come back after the internship, back to the university, and then a new cohort would go out. And so I saw this great opportunity to actually keep uh, that accommodation in London uh, fully occupied all year round on a perpetual basis. Um, so that was kind of the idea, uh, matching students with uh, the demand and supply. And uh, yeah, it was just great, great fun. I le- think I learned a lot from it um, and uh, did that whilst at university before moving on to a different business, uh, a different startup that was more in like software related called Race Yourself. Okay, nice. Yeah, that was that's Race Yourself, right? And and what was your what was your role at Race Yourself? Yeah, so I was the CEO there, um, the head of operations, and that idea was basically um, re- it was really really ahead of its time, right? So the idea was you put on some smart glasses, and it was a virtual reality startup. So the idea was you go for a run around a park, and like Strava, it would capture that pace, um, uh, and then as you go on that second run, you'd see an avatar of uh, your previous run in front of you and so you can run against yourself or even better you could challenge me to run and i could run against your avatar um so really kind of cutting edge technology yeah uh, and that was super fun right so you got to go to silicon valley you got to pitch to all the biggest vc names out there um and you know uh, the short story there is we raised about half a million and we're on the cusp of raising 1.5 to 2 million uh in funding um and i think something that is really interesting and something to be aware of is there are these kind of hype cycles, you know, everyone's super excited about chat GBT right now and mm-hmm. kind of part of AI. Um, but at some point that kind of hype will kind of fade away. And what we found was we managed to raise around pretty easy in, in terms of our, our seed round. But as we got to series A, that sort of larger sort of check sizes into the millions, um, we were at the end of that kind of wave. And so we actually found it much harder to raise. And so depending on what industry you're in, um and at what part of that kind of cycle you're in you can find it sometimes a bit easier or harder to actually raise money and often it come down not just down to the team and the product but also sometimes the timing as well so yeah. that was a really interesting like learning that we found from that so for you at the time the hype was around google glasses right and and virtual yeah. reality that was the wave what, what year was that when were you doing that was in 2012 yeah and i think we were like 20 years too early right so that was 10 years ago and i think it's still like a 10 years too early now but yeah um, yeah because google they never they never fi- f- finished google glasses right they didn't they ditched the project google yeah well yeah. we actually had like a working prototype but 
um the technology wasn't there right so we were overclocking like the, the processes on this like um smart glasses like like crazy we actually held the google glass in like an ice pack before we did our pitches to vcs and then we'd kind of get it out just before the meeting and put it on their faces and show them the demo oh, wow. um, because it would get too hot and start burning their face so you know we we thought we were like okay we'll do some software improvements the technology get better um but again it it really depends on like where you are in the cycle and i think even now it's still still too early but um yeah good fun yeah, makes sense. So when you joined the firm, what funding or how much have they raised at that point? Have they done any funding rounds yet when you came on board? Yeah, so they've done some like personal loans. Um, so the CTO and CEO, um, they basically had taken out personal loans of about 20,000 each. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that gave them a bit of runway um, to kind of uh, get off the ground and get the operations running. And these were um, just very basic like business loans they'd taken? Exactly. Yeah. There was government um, uh, business loans that you could ta- uh, take out at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was sort of just after like the uh, great financial recession. So there are lots of like support programs out there for yeah. small agrarian businesses. And so they start off with that uh, as a kind of personal liability loan. And then we very quickly moved to exploring crowdfunding platform, uh, but then also pitching to angels uh, here in, uh, in the UK. Yeah. So what was your first step on that funding so after crowdfunding it was an it's an angel first and how like what was the what was the trigger point like what was the decision point that okay yeah Yeah. we need to start bringing on more money and crowdfunding and personal loans aren't going to cut it what was that what was that decision point yeah sure so the 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 personal loans i think would last us about three to four months realistically with the Mm -hmm. team size that we had to build out the demo and then the the whole idea um, from the start was to make sure we raise from angels. I think it's a lot easier to kind of raise from a few angels um, who who know you personally and get yeah. checks from them. Uh, and so we managed to raise about two hundred thousand from from angels. There, we mm-hmm. did explore like a crowdfunding campaign alongside that, but what we found was uh, it was a lot more kind of complicated to get uh, checks from loads of different investors, and also you're paying a cut to the actual crowdfunding platform as well. Uh, and so in the end, we used actually kind of advertising on a crowdfunding platform to say, look, like it's going really well. How about you just invest with us as angels into the startup? Um, and that helped to actually close the round. And I think often when you find when you're pitching VCs, a lot of them are looking around for like a lead investor. They don't want to be the first one to jump in. Mm. Um, but if you've got something like a crowdfunding platform, which is going well, showing traction, then it's much easier for them to kind of commit to a round uh, of funding. And of course, in the, in the UK, they have, uh, I think it's EIS uh, program, where um, you can basically, as an investor, invest into a startup. And if you don't get your kind of money back or the startup goes bust, you can offset that against some income. And so it's a really risk-free way for investors to kind of um, uh, give you kind of that angel check. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And for people who don't know, what what's the difference between an angel investor and a VC? Yeah, sure. I mean, angel investor is just, uh, I guess, someone who has a lot of wealth, right? Um, they typically like a CEO, um, some kind of C-level executive who's done well in the startup previously, or has just come to come into a lot of money. And so they're able to uh, kind of write these one-off checks. A VC, a venture capital firm will be a company that might have like a mandate to say, okay, we're going to invest in AI. That's going to be our primary focus. Uh, the people hired there know a lot about technology, know a lot about that industry or sector. Um, and they themselves will go and actually kind of raise money for that fund, which they can then deploy 
into startups. And so it's much more of a, a kind of like business uh, setup um, and they can often write much larger checks. Yeah. So why would a company want to use a VC? What's that? What's that benefit that they're getting from going to a VC to start to raise funds? Yeah, sure. It's uh, a great question. I think there's probably two parts. So I think the first is VCs do have like a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. um, they're investing in a particular sector um, and you're in that sector. You want people who are at the, at the leading edge of that kind of uh, wave or technology to give you advice and to give you uh, advice on, on, on basically where to head next in your strategy and direction. Um, they're literally meeting startups all day, every day, mm -hmm. see kind of where what's happening, where there's traction within the current portfolio and share those insights with you. And I think that's really, really helpful. So I think the experience there. And then the second is re really, I think the, the check size, uh, you know, angels will often give a 50K, 100K, you know, uh, uh, maybe into the hundreds of, of thousands, but a mm -hmm. VC can, can write you a check that's much, much larger. Yeah, yeah, I get you. So in practical sense, when you were doing race yourself, like what was the kind of expertise that the VCs were bringing for you then? Were they were they helpful at that point? That's interesting. Um, honestly, at that stage, we're rebels, there wasn't too many people in that space. So yeah. we were just trying to get we were just trying to get money yeah, okay. um, and uh, get to the next stage. And then I think that's honestly reality. I think for a lot of startups there, they're looking just to kind of get money to um, you know, get time to build out the products to get traction and all of that. And and if the expertise is there, then that's amazing. But but that's uh, that's a great benefit, but not an absolute. Not always, I guess. Like if you're on the vanguard of a particular like niche or industry, there might not be that expertise there in the VC community. And what was your money exactly. going on, on on that time when you were raising funds? What was it getting spent on? Yeah, we were just spending on on hiring. So we built out a team of 15 engineers. Wow. And as you can imagine, engineers ha have a pretty high burn rate. Yeah. Um, and so it's primarily around just uh, just the team and, yeah. uh, and spent. Yeah. Okay, fine. And the engineers are predominantly just doing R&D and development of the of the product, right? Just to build that out. Exactly. Getting into the next stage, doing be able to do demos to, to show what it's capable of. And then we would have head of products to kind of go out to users to kind of get that feedback to then build out some of those insights into product features and, and develop it further to get to a point where we could actually launch the product. Yeah. Okay. Got you. And for someone who doesn't know how the, the process of getting in touch with the VC, acquiring a VC, and then going through those rounds, like how does that start? Like if you were to stay, start from the very beginning, like what does it yeah. look like going out and approaching and finding VCs? Yeah. I, I love this question because there's actually a really like straightforward answer for yeah. it. So I, very simply, the kind of first step is just to list out all the angels and VC um, that you can kind of find. And there are lists out there. Yeah. Uh, I think list has uh, some lists, but mm -hmm. you can also there also the are able you can you can find them out there yeah. uh, just by googling it. Yeah. And the best thing to do is to research each one of those VCs to understand what they've invested in and to work out who would be the best VCs that you want to pitch to. Mm -hmm. uh, they'd be in your sector and to put them at the bottom of the list. And the reason why is once you work your way through the VCs that you perhaps don't want to raise money from, your pitch will be so good by the end. Uh, that you're going to the VCs that have the experience and the ones that you actually want to close. And so um, building out that list, that kind of CRM of VCs is really important, arranging it in order. And then the second thing is, if you can get an introduction to that VC by a CEO 
uh, that they've invested in, that is the best possible introduction that you can kind of get. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of work involved in raising money. But if you can do that, you'll you'll have a really good chance because if that VC is invested in an entrepreneur that they can see potential in is doing really, really well, and they they come to the VC and say, hey, by the way, do you want to invest in my friend? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to look at that as like, okay, success is kind of introducing me to more success. Yeah. So um, it's a lot of legwork, but if you can reach out to CEOs, have a kind of CEO to CEO chat um, about the product, about how they've gone on their fundraising journey, they'll more often not in- intrude their VC. Yeah. And that will be the best introduction possible. And I think the the strength of the introductions is really, really important to actually closing that money. And there's one more piece of advice yeah, on. I'll say, uh, which is, you know, is, is trying to create scarcity. Mm-hmm. And when you're going to VCs and you're pitching, there's no pressure for them to invest. They get to see your pitch and, and that's great. But if mm-hmm. you can align those meetings, say six weeks or two months in advance and kind of schedule those meetings kind of back to back to back Mm. then what can happen is you'll one get really good at pitching Mm -hmm. but two if a vc comes and gives you a term sheet you will go to the next meetings being like oh i've already got a term sheet and that will create pressure for them to offer offer you a term sheet because this opportunity is you know this this train is leaving the station and so like they want to get on the bus like they have to like move quickly and so it creates that kind of like that that moment that point for them to make a decision to move fast and to actually commit and you can get into a great situation that we spoke to when speaking to many uh, CEOs is mm. they'll just start offering term sheets that are better and better and you can start playing them off against one, one another there's only one of you and many VCs yeah. and so you and then they're fighting to kind of give that capital to you yeah it makes sense it's kind of like when you're applying for jobs right it's always nice to go in with an offer in your back pocket that then you can use um as a bit of leverage right that makes sense what exactly kind of that. What kind of evidence are the VCs looking for? Are they looking for any initial sales and any initial profitability, any data? Like what, like everyone can come in with a good idea, right? But like, how do you show that there's proof and there's legs in what you're offering? Well, if you're raising money sort of between that sort of 500K to sort of 2 million mark, mm-hmm. I think what VCs are looking for is two things. The first is the team. So like, are you experienced? Do you know what you're talking about, right? Have you spent a number of years in the industry? Mm-hmm. Uh, and are you now leaving the industry to do something in that space that's really innovative? Yeah. Or, or, or if you don't have that, show kind of traction in some way. So do you have an MVP? Have you gone out to customers? Have you gathered that feedback? Have you shown that it's an idea that can work? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be really important. So you as a team, your experience. And then the second thing is, what was I going to say, was it, I think it comes down to the idea itself and the kind yeah. of market opportunity. So how big is the market? Mm-hmm. And is this going to be into the hundreds of millions or even a billion dollar business? Because a lot of tickets that VCs write, they're hoping for that big exit and that's where they get most of their returns from. Yeah. So you do need to convince them that this is a worthwhile market to go after uh, and that you're going to be able to get a piece of that pie. Yeah, it makes sense. So that's your first round and that first round would be called Series A, is that right? Yeah, so typically like seed will be anywhere kind of, I guess, up to that million mark. Mm-hmm. And then Series A will be in uh, the couple of million uh, kind of range. So one to five, 10 million. Okay, fine. So it goes, your your f- very first round is probably going to be seed funding. And yeah. after that, you go into series funding, A, B, yeah. C. You don't necessarily have to do each step, right? You could kind yeah. of get a round from your friends and family. Yeah. Uh, the, the three Fs, your friends, family, and fools. People yeah. who are willing to like invest in you. And, uh, and uh, 
and yeah and that can you know often be like you know quarter of a million or whatever uh, you might kind of uh, muster together before you go to your series a yeah and when you're raising money is there an expectation of how long that particular round is going to ask i guess where i'm going is can it lead to some awkward conversations when only half the time's elapsed and actually you're coming back to them for perhaps the next round of funding and more money like how do, how do you manage that side of it yeah i mean i think when you're raising a round you need to know what you're going to spend the money on yeah and you need to know how long your burn rate's going to be so you mm -hmm. need a you need a um, you know uh, a financial model that shows okay well, we're going to hire these people these key people product mm -hmm. engineering whoever mm. and you show like the burn rates you say like hey here's the balance of the money coming in and this is the burn every month and this lasts you know on average 18 months to 24 months yeah. and that's that's typically what you might present which will help you get to the next stage show growth for raising that you know a follow-on round or series b yeah fine and they'll be looking at you guys as a management team for how well you you a do the forecasting on that but b like yeah. manage that and stay on top of that right exactly right and you're it's very likely that your you know your initial investor will put in another check in the next round mm. and so often kind of grade you on like what you said you would do versus what you actually do and so uh and so yeah they can be a great source for more introductions for the next round so you mm. really want to make sure you kind of you're hitting those kind of milestones yeah got you and what are the constraints then if you take vc money obviously there's a quid pro quo so what like what are the expectations how does it affect a company that has taken VC money versus one that decided not to? Like, what are some of the di like differences and constraints you get there? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think, I mean, taking VC money and having them uh, as part of your company, uh, it really depends on the VC and how involved they want to be. Some mm. VCs want to be heavily involved and try and help you out a lot, mm. uh, whereas maybe the founders just want to crack on and just kind of use the money to to focus on what they want to do. Yeah. Um, so it really depends on, I think, who's investing. Um, I think at the end of the day, if you can get by without VC money, that's great. Mm -hmm. um, often um, often you get into this dilemma of, okay, maybe you've you've hit upon like a really good idea. It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it makes money. But uh, a competitor who's also kind of come up with the, the same idea, maybe three months behind you, raises VC money. They can mm -hmm. then use that money to kind of capture more market share and so yes mm. they're spending loads of marketing but they're actually getting a much larger user base and so if you look at those two startups 12 months down the line that that second startup will be much bigger than the first one of, of having grown organically mm. and so it's not just about you and your decision about to take vc money on it's, it's, it's also about like you know some of the competitors out there and, and that kind of competition element and uh and if it is a good idea who's 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 first to market and who can yeah. catch the you definitely want to be mindful of your margins though and there's often been so many startups uber included where we just spend a lot of money yeah. uh hoping that it will get to kind of unit good unique economics later on and eventually it did but mm. it took a long time yeah yeah that makes sense yeah um and when a vc is giving you money is the expectation it's always for equity or is, or is it sometimes loans like what's the what's yeah. the balance there is it always an investment or are they sometimes lending you the money it's a good question i don't fully know the answer i would say mostly it's probably on the equity side right they yeah. get a piece of the company for um for their investment yeah um, but they do sometimes have like convertible loans yeah uh, with kind of conditions to it so um they might say okay we're gonna you know 
put in a million and get mm-hmm. say 10 percent of the business and then uh give another million uh but it'll be a convertible loan so that it would then uh be a loan that would be converted to kind of equity uh, at the next round yeah um but um but no i think typically it would be mainly for equity um it often perhaps if you are trying to get to the next stage they might then give you a loan which would then convert into equity um but as like a kind of bridge round um but uh but yeah it's uh it's mainly for equity yeah and have you been involved in any of the funding rounds at pocket network uh yeah um partly uh, yeah. yeah can you talk about yeah, that been... or is that or is that hush yeah, hush sure, sure, that's fine uh yeah i mean i haven't been super close uh with it but i've definitely been helping kind of with uh different aspects of it so yeah happy to chat about it uh what would you like to know oh i don't know tell me so what what are you going through at the moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure so we're in a process of uh raising uh, a round of you know a, a couple of million so between the sort of five to ten million sort of range mm-hmm. and i think something that has been really clear is you know where we are in kind of the crypto market yeah investors are and i think this is the same is true for for startups in general across mm-hmm. the board investors really want to see kind of revenue metrics yeah and they want to see numbers behind uh, a lot of uh, a lot of data behind basically yeah. making investment and mm. that's been really really true so we will have a we will share our pipeline and say look we've already got these sales this is what's in the pipeline this yeah. is what we expect to convert month over month and even investors who we've been chatting to back in november are saying well how did december go how did january go how do you convert those they want to see kind of like okay well you said this how is it actually panning out and so um and so yeah it's all kind of data driven right now um metric driven and um uh yeah it's uh it, you know it's, it's exciting times it's yeah. um yeah it's uh we haven't closed around just yet but we've got i think a lot of interest and i think hopefully we'll be able to close it in the next couple of weeks okay nice which round ra- which round is this i mean so this will be uh always okay crypto is a bit of an interesting uh realm yeah so we did some token sales mm-hmm. so you can sell a token to uh investors and then mm-hmm. there's this company that's helping build the protocol and so we're selling equity in that company and so you don't just get access to the say token but you get access to some of the revenue generating opportunities that the company can generate as well on top of the protocol and so that's that's appealing for for vc so this is the series a we're jumping straight into series a there's no seed round but we did get money from selling the token on the kind of like open market so that makes sense yeah it makes sense and have things changed much in the 10 years or so so since you did race yourself apart from just more of a focus on data of numbers anything notice any changes in the 10 years you've been doing it it's a really good question i think the dynamics are still the same right where you know it comes down to the team and the product um and demonstrating kind of like you know you're the best team for the job and this is a great opportunity to go after I'm trying to think of, of of things that have changed i think just what's been really interesting is seeing the different ways that people can raise money now yeah, uh, you know, like you know, crowdfunding is 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 definitely an option. Um, I think crypto is is also another really interesting option where different projects have managed to to raise money uh, through through those means as well. Um, so, but I think everything still rings true. You probably need more data. You probably need more kind of evidence um, to to raise those rounds. But it's still going to be based on those relationships, and it's still yeah. going to be based on. Um, Kind of you as the entrepreneur 
and your experience and the opportunity. So I don't think anything really has changed there too much. There's just now different sources of income and a lot of people who are perhaps smaller angels are still willing to give a give around. Yeah. And I think one of the really interesting things that I've seen from a friend who's raised recently is he's just been really kind of vocal and kind of LinkedIn mm. and being support for his startup. Yeah. And so him building up this online presence and being really open about his idea and getting product feedback from different people helps mm. bring a lot of people on along the journey and yeah. can get checks from people who perhaps aren't what you'd quote like a normal angel investor but people who are willing to give say 10k or 20k and when you do that when you leverage that sort of social media presence and that kind of um kind of uh kind of of mass mass connection you can actually build up a lot of checks very quickly yeah and that's been really really interesting to see you know seeing these kind of weekly updates of the progress and seeing like these linkedin status updates it's been been really cool to be brought along that journey and to be like you know, seeing him get traction, be tempted myself to like put money into into a startup. So yeah, uh, yeah, nice. Well, that was awesome, Richard. Thank you very much. I haven't, I've never asked you these questions before, so it's nice actually uh, hearing about some of this stuff for the first time. Yeah. Um, I've got two bonus questions for you if you're up for it. Sure. So, first question is: If someone, piece of advice you give someone if they were starting their first business for the first time, what would you advise them? I would say don't be worried about sharing your idea. I think mm. it's often you can fall into the entrepreneur's trap of being like, no, this idea is the best idea and it's going to like change the world. I guarantee you there's no one out there probably with the same level of motivation to actually go ahead and actually execute it. Mm. And I think what I've seen at startups is like you can have the best idea, but if you don't have the execution motivation behind it, it doesn't go anywhere. So getting your idea out there, getting early feedback uh, and testing it is absolutely critical so don't be afraid to share it don't be, be afraid to like bring people along your journey with you and to be really open about both the positive and also the things that you're struggling with because when you're vulnerable actually that's also when people can kind of help and and uh and support you on that journey yeah for sure i think it's super easy to get in your little analysis hole or whatever it is when you're starting something and actually like some of the most the biggest jumps in uh, thinking or productivity can come actually when you start sharing ideas, getting experts involved and getting other people's opinions. It can be kind of leaps and bounds. So that's really good. My second question is, if you were to do it all over again, uh, what would you do differently? You mean in terms of startups? Startups, or, yeah. startups your, your working world, your career? Yeah, I think to be honest, uh, I do exactly the same way. I think, you know, the, the startup experience I did when I was 22, going to San Francisco over three months pitching to the VCs yeah. was such an eye-opening experience. The amount of the, the terrifying nature of being able to stand <laughs> up there and give a pitch for 20 minutes and then watch VCs like tear you apart piece by piece. I think it's yeah. a really like uh, it's really uh yeah, it's a humbling experience. Like it's it's uh um but it's so so valuable from just going down that path and having experienced it. And I think if I am gonna do like a startup at some point i'll have those lessons and i'll be doing in a sector that i really know a lot about and be yeah. much better prepared so i think doing it early is great doing it when you're in your 30s is fantastic and i think there's 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 no you know there's no bad answer for when you want to start on your kind of entrepreneurial journey so um um definitely get out there and and uh experience the the world of it yeah nice okay cool perfect place to end it all right thank you very much appreciate your time mate all thanks right. Sam. see you later Bye bye yes.